was a tinker lived of late Who walked the streets of Rye He bore his pack upon his back Patches and plugs did cry Oh, I have brass within my bag My hammer's full of metal And as to skill, I will conduct And mend a broken kettle A maiden did this tinker meet And to him boldly say Oh, sure, my kettle hath much need If you will pass my way She took the tinker by the hand And led him to her door Says she, my kettle, I will show And you can clout it sure For patching and plugging is his delight His work goes forward day and night Fair maid, says he, your kettle's cracked The cause is plainly told There have so many nails been thrown Mine own could not take hold Says she it hath endured some knocks And more it may I know I'm sure a large, large nail will hold If it was struck him so For patching and plugging is his delight His work goes forward day and night. Come. It is time to keep your appointment with the Wicker Man. Hello, I'm Chris Denton. And I'm Paul Monk. And we are A Very very British British Horror. Horror. What are we going to be talking about in this episode, Paul? Well, sadly, uh, Christopher Lee passed away a few weeks ago. Um, so we thought it fitting that we just have a podcast where we have a bit of a chat about his life and his films and his work, what he means to us, and just just our little tribute to Christopher Lee. Yes, it's a, a special episode where we didn't have to watch a film. But no. We have just watched the, did. the many faces of Christopher Lee in order to, to get into the zone for this podcast. That's right. Um, the Many Faces of Christopher Lee is quite good. Sort of, uh, Christopher Lee talking about his life and career. And it was released on VHS video in the 1990s. And I was, did, yeah. did actually buy it. But um, subsequently threw that video away with all my <laughs> other videos. Um, but luckily it's an extra on the DVD of Dracula Prince of Darkness. So I have it again. Yeah, so when that when when did that so that came out? Yeah, so that was a nineties about nineties sort of interview and um, in it he picks some of the films that he's most proud of and wants to talk about. Um, well that of course this, this is pre his um resurgence. late resurgence and late on in his career. Um Yeah, so it kind of goes up to, to the early 90s, by which time he'd almost stopped making films. I mean, yeah. Um, well, I, I think he, he made some TV and some stuff <coughs> back around about then. Yeah. I think he, possibly even Police Academy Mission to Moscow, which yeah. I promise 
out of respect, not to mention that's, again. That's an 80s, late 80s. Was that? Yeah. I, 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 I don't think we need to dwell. He did, um, he did a couple of American Sherlock Holmes TV uh, movies with Patrick McNee as Watson. I don't uh, think Patrick they were American. Sadly. I think they were actually um, European. Oh, were they? Yeah. Um, I think oh, I, they were filmed in Hungary or something. I, like that, I, I, I think Silvio Berlusconi possibly financed <laughs> them. Um, there were two three-hour miniseries. Yeah. Sherlock Holmes and the Leading Lady. Sherlock Holmes and the Incident at Victoria Falls. Yes. Um, yeah. And the... the I mean, they're about a septuagenarian Sherlock Holmes and uh, similarly aged Doctor Watson, and their their sort of yeah. pre World War One adventures, and they're actually quite good. Yeah, I, I seem to remember Engelbert Humperdinck guest stars in one of them <laughs> for no apparent reason, but yeah, they were all right. And um, Christopher Lee, famous. Uh, for a lot of things, but one of the things he is famous for, which we'll probably never talk about in our regular uh, series, yeah. is um, his portrayal of Holmes and well, both Holmes brothers, mm-hmm. and and also yeah. Sir Henry Baskerville. Yeah. So let you know, let's let, let, let's start there with his Holmes. Now, um, he had played Holmes once before those miniseries. He played played him in. Um, some sort of Anglo-German film directed by Terence Fisher called Sherlock Holmes and the Deadly Necklace, right. which I do have. That okay. came out on DVD, but because it was I haven't heard of that. Well, Christopher Lee had a, a European phrase in the sixties. Yeah, uh, he um, did lots of different things, didn't he? Yeah. He wanted to be a, like a, a international actor. And yeah, he based himself, I think, in Switzerland or somewhere, and made a lot of. These well, he did the. the, the the version of Dracula, isn't he? The, is that the Jess Franco? He did that in Spain in the early seventies. Yeah. yeah, he, he, he with I mean, the moustache. Yeah, <laughs> he he, um, he 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 did a bit of globe trotting, but yeah, he um, this unfortunately this sixties um, Holmes performance is kind of marred by the fact that um, the English language version wasn't dubbed with his voice. Okay. Yeah, it's it's well, that's crazy. I think I think they did a I think it was done in um America uh, or, okay. or or wherever it was done used American actors, so it's very strange. But it's not him, um, which is a shame because it kind of does ruin the performance. There was talk about um him redoing the soundtrack, but that would be that would have been extraordinarily expensive. Yeah. A foley mix of that and had to get other actors in. Exactly. And so that. Sadly, was abandoned. So that film, though it exists, is just sort of a bit of a curio. Exactly, and um, the 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 later the later miniseries you mentioned. Well, obviously Sherlock Holmes isn't a man in his seventies, so they don't bear a lot of resemblance to the uh, Conan Doyle stories. They're just bits of uh-huh. fun. Yeah. They they are. They do bear a, a really big resemblance to Sherlock Holmes and the Mask of Death, which. You, you, yeah. m- you may remember is the Peter Cushing, the Peter Cushing equivalent, yeah. basically the same idea with Peter Cushing and John Mills, yeah. <laughs> um, and that that was that was good that's too. Quite good, isn't yeah, it? that's quite, quite good. Yeah, 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 yeah. But um, <laughs> that's probably better than than, than those ones. But um, Christopher Lee's other contributions to the Holmes canon much more significant as um, Sir Henry Baskerville, brilliant as um, the juvenile lead. We've talked about this yes. a lot. And that that kind of mysterious, uh, <laughs> um, 
filmic position of uh, being the st- the main character in the film, but not actually the star, the juvenile lead. And uh, yes, yeah, so Henry Baskerville is that, and obviously Peter Cushing is the real star. Andrew Morell is Doctor Watson, yeah. but but you know Christopher Lee is great as Sir Henry Baskerville. He he is. He, he, he he really carries it off. And uh, one one day we'll do a full episode. We, we will because because it's it's Hound of the Baskervilles as, as horror. Yeah, it's a horror. So, so I think that fits with our remit. Definitely does. But probably we'll never do an episode on the private life of Sherlock Holmes, no, which no. is a, a which is a great film. An early seventies film directed by the renowned comedy director Billy Wilder yeah. and starring Robert Stevens as Sherlock Holmes, Christopher Lee as Mycroft Holmes, yeah. and puts in a, an amazing performance in what is one of the really good. Uh, it's not an adaptation of Holmes. No, it's not. It's, no. The, the, the conceit is that. A common conceit with people who've written their own new home stories, which is, oh, these are the ones that Watson suppressed because they were too embarrassing. Yeah. But it's 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 a a, a nice nice little film, character of Holmes and character of Watson, um, and has a yeah a bit of love love life stuff. Not so much detecting. It's it's really it's really good and one of you know Lee's most significant performances in, in a non-horror role. Yeah, yeah. He he did a lot of non-horror stuff. He's yeah. more, well, I mean, his 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 list of credits. You know, I've just called up IMDb here, and as an actor, he has two hundred and seventy-eight credits. Well, in the Guinness Book of Records, he's got the most credits of, of any screen yeah. actor. And, and you know, this is something that 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 uh, worked. Um, almost non-stop, really. Even even in the sort of fallow period where, well, where he didn't sort of have any major roles, he was still in 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 bits. And of course, you can make more films if you're only in doing one or two days filming. Yeah. Um, so he started out well. He was um, in the SAS during yeah. the war before he yeah. became an actor, and it's still shrouded in mystery what he actually, what he actually yeah. did. He um, originally was in the RAF, learnt to fly, but some kind of problem with an optic nerve meant he was invalided out. But rather yeah. than go home and do a desk job back in Blighty, he seems to have um, joined the intelligence corps and ended yeah. up um, in, in, in what was the SAS, which was obviously formed at that time, and... Um, you know, he, it's still covered by the Official Secrets Act, basically, yeah. what he did. So, yeah. you know. So we'll never know. Um, well, I, I don't know. Ish. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know whether that stuff will ever be declassified. He certainly did, never talked about it. Um, no. Uh, apart from one or two little snippets. Yeah. I mean, there's, a, there's, a, there's, a, there's an anecdote, isn't there? Um, what Peter Jackson trying to tell yeah. him what um, <laughs> the, the noise a man would make as they were stabbed or to death. Act, yeah. Being stabbed in the back, and and, and Chris Lee was just like, oh, I actually know, yeah, <laughs> I know exactly what noise they make, which <laughs> exactly. is a widely repeated anecdote now. But uh, no, and then more um, sort of more kindly, he he once gave a, a child actor his old SAS tie, this kind of uh, okay. it's a kind of uh, symbol of friendship on um, Feast at Midnight. Okay, yes. Yeah, that's how I learned he was in the SAS because yeah. his book, uh, which, which he's done his autobiography, doesn't really mention he was. In fact, doesn't mention he was in the SAS at yeah. all. So I didn't even know until I read this story about a feast at midnight. 
Yeah. Feast of Midnight's an interesting film. That's, that's, yeah, is that the, that's the one set in a school, isn't it? Yeah, uh, directed by Robin Hardy's son, Justin oh, Hardy. It's a, yeah. yeah, it's a, um, yeah, it's got uh, Christopher Lee um, as a kind of old-fashioned Latin teacher or something yeah, like that. Yeah. That, that, was, that was all, yeah. that was okay too. You know, it's a nice, nice performance. But talking about when he, um, when he left the army, anecdote, famous anecdote, we, we sat through it again in the, yeah. The um, the <laughs> about how he had lunch with his cousin, who was the Italian ambassador to uh, Great Britain, and his mm. cousin set him up a job with um, a contract at the rank organisation, and that, that was like um, forty six, forty seven, I think. Yeah. Oh, because actually he'd been a a Nazi hunter after the war. <laughs> he'd actually <laughs> oh, been tra- yeah, tracking tracking down Nazis who were in hiding. But he, he <laughs> after he'd found a few of those in forty seven, yeah. I think. Or, he got this contract with the rank organisation, and he wasn't. I mean, he he, he wasn't interested in acting no. up to this point, but he was extraordinarily well connected. Yeah. So he found it. He could have done whatever he wanted. Yeah. You know. <laughs> and, and and people, you you'll know. Everyone listening will know. He was basically an aristocrat. He he didn't actually have a title, but the only reason he didn't have a title was because um, his Italian aristocracy. And uh, his his mother, the Countess Carandini, did, couldn't pass a title to him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he, he, I mean, he's obviously an aristocrat. He played a lot of aristocrats. Yes, because he's, he's, he's <laughs> very good at it. Was, wasn't the stretch. That's 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 what he was. <laughs> um, I, yeah, and but he didn't he didn't go to the top immediately. He had ten years basically of obscurity. He's um, yeah, yeah. Uh, got. Small bit parts in a couple of Powell and Pressburger films. Yeah. So, I, I as a um, when I was doing my film degree, um, I, I developed and even before that, I developed this love for Powell and Pressburger films. And he's in a couple of those: okay. The Battle of River Plate, or however you say it. It's right. Spanish words: It's Plate or something, probably. Or, probably. I don't know how you say that. Sorry, everyone, especially anyone from Spain <laughs> or, or South America. <laughs> In English, it's plate. Um, yeah, uh, he's, he's in that. And there's a there's a there's another one. He's, he's in as well. Um, just just um, just small roles. Um, yeah. And yeah, he, having he, the uh, very what's the what's the one? He has a very. It's probably his first sort of vaguely horror role. It's the one that he's got uh, Boris Karloff in. It's, it's Grave Robber one. Corridors so, of Blood. I think. That's the one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's right. Although I think that's around. I think that's is after that, Curse to Frankenstein. But yeah, is it? Oh, yeah, okay. I, think so. I thought it was an early fifties. No, film. no, that's oh, um, I, Curse of Frankenstein. After his ten years in the wilderness was his first major run. Right. Yeah. Um, and the, then you can see why someone might put him in the film yeah, with Boris right. Karloff. Yeah, and he became of Blood was after that. Great friends with Boris Karloff. Yeah. Many, many well. Yeah, very similar. Karloff was the same kind of actor of the previous yeah. generation, and they both um, played Frankenstein's creature. Uh, although Karloff actually played Frankenstein's monster due to Universal yeah. not yeah. reading the book properly, presumably. <laughs> 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 but, but, but it was the same role. And, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Uh, yeah, and, and, and Corridors of Blood is interesting as well because Corridors of Blood is a Dickensian horror. Yeah. <laughs> it's good. Um, yeah. Again, we'll have to cover it one day. Um, so uh, Christopher Lee's role in that is 
like you say, grave robber, but he plays yeah. it as Bill Sykes. It's, yeah. It's, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember really liking that. And it's not, it's not a kind of traditional horror. And there's no monsters or anything. It's literally these. It's a guy trying to invent anaesthetic. Yeah, that is good. And it also um, has parallels with the Flesh and the Fiends, which is the Burke and Hare story from yeah. a similar period. Um, but didn't doesn't start Christopher Lee. So moving swiftly. On, I mean, we have we haven't covered Curse of Frankenstein, but no, his we will, performance we of the creature is um, tremendously um, sympathetic and totally different from what Carlo did. Yes, I think in a way that was sort of had it had to be that way. I mean, we'll obviously talk about this when we if we get around to talking about this film, but we obviously it obviously has to be different. It, it legally had to be different. That's true. They couldn't use the makeup. makeup. So it was just inventing it from scratch. And he obviously he 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 does a lot of uh, conveys quite a lot of stuff by by physically because obviously he doesn't he doesn't talk. Well, this creature doesn't talk in the book. The creature does a lot, like spouts poetry. But (laughs) no, no, he he's kind of a like a a shambling, um, really emphasising the. the the the, the, the person that's been put together yeah. in and of course he felt he formed his on-screen partnership with Peter Cushing and his lifelong yeah. friendship with Peter Cushing yeah. and there's another very famous anecdote which we didn't get in um, many faces of Christopher Lee which was um, um, when they met by um, Christopher Lee coming into the dressing room and saying oh I've got no lines and Peter Cushing saying um, you're lucky I've read the script <laughs> Not, not, not the last time, by the way, that Christopher Lee's told an anecdote, which is a derogatory to Jimmy Sangster. No. I think Jimmy Sangster <laughs> really is not was, was annoyed about that. But, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I, I think Christopher Lee, well, you know, he, he he moved on from Curse of Frankenstein very quickly to playing Dracula, and then yeah, the, the and Mummy. Where, yeah, and, and Dracula was sort of and it, was it, where it's, he, he, his career sort of. Took off. We really took off. Became a massive international star yeah. because Dracula was his face, so he became recognisable. But also, and, and, and go if you want to hear more about him, his Dracula, you can check out our episode. Oh yeah, we did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we, we did cover. We've covered yeah. Dracula. Uh, but he became very associated with those roles, and I think he <coughs> almost immediately started to, to re- resent yeah. it and trying to get away from Distance it himself. Um, which which was which was um, sad, but I guess never saw, and he was worried about being typecast in the way that I mean his his heroes, um, Karloff and Lugosi had been, and they didn't want his career to be ruined just as it yeah. was taking off. So I, I can understand that. But um, in, in in later life, he did get very irritated with the Dracula um, constant references to Dracula, which. Yeah. Um, which carried on and on like decades after he'd stopped playing Dracula. And I, and I remember the, the Sun's front page headline when he got um, uh, an honour, which was um, Dracula OBE. And I just thought that's not a tri- tribute. And indeed, when he when he when he when he when he died, it was like I think the BBC headline was Dracula actor Lee dies. Yeah. It's just like oh, that's just you know. No, I, I mean, he, he he did far more than than Dracula. But I think I think he came like like a lot of actors do later later in life come to just embrace the thing that made them famous uh, to a, a um, certain 
extent. Yeah. To a certain extent, but um, I don't think he ever really reconciled. Himself. No, I don't. Think I mean, he... um, I, I remember a anecdote um, in, in, in an interview um, when he was talking about the publicity for Lord of the Rings, yeah. and he said. He was complaining that some fan asked him the stupidest question you'd ever heard, which was <laughs> who would win in the fight between Saruman and Dracula. And, you know, he just thought, oh, really, how do you answer that? And it was yeah. just like, well, I'm afraid that... That is a pretty stupid question. It is a stupid question, and guaranteed to annoy someone like Christopher <laughs> Lee, but at the same time, it's the kind of thing people, you know, you know, right. like kids like to do. And well, I think, well mate, shall, shall we go, because to the, to the one time we actually sort of met him, Okay. Did we? Yeah, we went. We went. He he did a. Uh, it was it was at the time when um, the book you've got on the table over there, which the viewers can't see, but the um, I think it was that book. Um, which one? Came out, the Jonathan Rigby, Christopher Lee, the authorised history. history. Yeah, yeah, came out. So this was a, a this was a an event in Borders in Oxford Street, Borders Bookshop, which is no longer there because uh, Borders doesn't exist anymore. And he was doing a Q&A with Jonathan Rigby on the book. Uh, so it was sort of an, an interview, then a Q&A session with the uh, audience, and then there was a book signing afterwards. And, and the one thing I, I took away from that is that um, this, this was around the time when he was he'd just done the Lord of the Rings films. And I think he was had possibly just done uh, Attack of the Clones. Oh yes. Um, so he was quite happy to talk about either of those, um, and and I just remember that I just remember this. I don't remember exactly what he said, but I do remember, and, and you don't seem to have any recollection of this whatsoever. I, I can remember being in Borders, but I, can't <laughs> <laughs> I do remember that the the, the Q and A session with the the the, the 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 public who were there, that somebody did put their hand up and ask him a question about Dracula, and he just point blankly refused to answer it. And just almost told this guy off. Yeah. Said that he doesn't want to. Why don't people talk about his other films? And I think he he, um, he was very the, prickly the about one, it. Yeah, wasn't? the one about the where he played the was it the president of Pakistan? Oh, Jinnah. Yes. Yeah, and and also the the one where he plays the, the gay biker. He seemed quite proud of that. Oh yes. Which is a, a comedy film, isn't it? If I remember rightly. It, yes, and it's and it's on Netflix. Is it? And it is on Netflix, oh, okay. as is The Private Life of Sherlock Holmes and The Hannibal Astor. Oh, right. Oh, I didn't know that Private Life of Sherlock Holmes. Yes, it disappears, yeah. Okay, excellent. So, so yeah, so he, he that was the one time we met him, and I think he was also a bit grumpy about autographs as well. I certainly don't have his autograph. No, I think maybe we decided not to stick around for that bit. But I do, I do remember it was strictly a, he'll, he'll sign the book. And nothing else, and it will be. Oh yeah, there'll be yeah. no pr- personalisation. Yeah, like that. that that's right. Which, uh, which may have been more to do with his agent rather than him. Ah, uh, yeah. But, but he does sound a bit like him. Do you know? I, I mean, I, I like you. I, I think I don't really buy into celebrity culture, and I'm not really like also really interested in uh, like touching the cloth and being no, healed. No. I, I, but I've loved his films yeah. almost as. As, it was well, just nice to see him actually there and actually go like we've actually seen him. But I, I don't have any interest in autographs, so particularly. No, no. Although I've got a, a Terry Pratchett autograph, which he did personalise. Yeah. Inside my copy of God's Guards. Well, I've got a Dave Browse autograph. 
Anyway, that was straying off. off but very few. Tom yeah. Baker. Yeah. Basically, basically, if people will sign it to Chris, I'm slightly more interested. But yeah. I've only got a few of them, and I don't like harass celebrities. No, no, no. no. Mind you, we are recording this in Carolyn Munro's garden. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she doesn't know. <laughs> yeah. I'm trying not to be too too noisy, in case in case we wake up. Yeah. Um, yes. So as as we we, we go on to. Uh, Lee's later horror horror career. Um, some interesting European films, but no real classics. I I think no. we we talked we did an episode on the Gorgon. He made some yeah. uh, films for um, Amicus yeah. um, Horror Express. Yeah, but well, you get to like. the, you get to the early seventies, and and you, you you get you get you know oh, oh, before we get to the seventies, we should we should mention uh, Fu Manchu. Yeah, uh, he was in he was. Yeah, I I don't like those films. I have seen uh, no, most of them. I'm not keen on them either. Um, yeah, I mean that 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 kind of thing is uh, it hasn't dated well. He dresses a no. Chinese person. Yeah, <laughs> no, no. Um, yeah. I, I think um, we talk about the, the 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 Wicker Man, one of one of several really good early seventies horror yeah. films he, he made, and one again we should. Cover. He was most proud of the Wicker Man. He yeah. said, "He said that it was his uh, the best film he was in and the best performance and he, he gave." Still, he still, he said that at the time when we met him as well. But went to that Q and A session. He, 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 there were lots of questions about the Wicker Man, and he absolutely loved all of that. Yeah, more than happy to talk. And about it, the it is, it is a great film. I think um, the League of Gentlemen um, guys got bored of it and said, "Well, we don't really like." Uh, I remember them saying that it was kind of almost passe now because they put a lot yeah. of horror references, in. and they yeah. did put a, they did put a, um, a, a, there's a very clear reference to the Wicker Man in, yeah. in the League of Gentlemen if you uh, if you watch out for it. But they I think they they got slightly bored with it, and then afterwards they 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 they, they talked about maybe Blood or Satan's Claw being better. But I think that was just familiarity. Yeah, the Wicker, I have to say the Wicker, Wicker Man, Man is amazing. It's great, and I have to say though that it's. It's probably on my list of, of films because back when we were really into a lot of this stuff, um, probably in the early 90s, I watched a lot of these films over and over again. And Wicked Man is, is, is on that group of films that I, I, I watched. Do you know? Different versions of several times. Yeah, I like Brie like Eklund as well. Yeah, to the point, <laughs> yeah. point where the tape wore out. No. No. Um, <laughs> no, to the point where... Yeah, it's almost like. Well, you know, you know, I didn't like it the first. It's difficult to kind of get watch it again because. I didn't like it the first time I saw it because no, I no, don't. I remember that. Like the well, I do. I love the ending now, but I found it too difficult when I first saw the film as kind of a fourteen or fifteen year old. Yeah. Um, I just thought, you know, that's the equaliser. Why are they doing that to the equaliser? <laughs> I actually, yeah, probably along the lines of yeah. why I did think. Um, uh, but now. Now I love it. It's so mm. intricately constructed, and Lee's performance, Brecklin's performance, Edward Woodward's performance—all amazing. And there's some really good cameos from from, from uh, uh, Ingrid Pitt, David Bowie's old dance teacher. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not saying Ingrid Pitt was David Bowie's old dance teacher. There was a 
Uh, I'll look it up. There was a, there was a, the, what's his name? Sandy something. I've gone to. I'm gonna have to look um, this up now. Quick cover for me. <laughs> okay. Well, um, just going back a, a step, they're, they're looking at his his filmography before. Obviously, he he did um, Jack the Prince of Darkness. There was quite a few. He sort of did obvious things like Doctor Terror and the Gorgon, but then then he was obviously trying to branch out a little bit because there were some interesting things like like she. Um, Lindsay Kemp. Okay, yes, that's, that's it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you weren't yeah. even close. And, and things like the Devil Ship Pirates. Oh, you're right. Yes. All of those sorts of sorts of things. Yes. And those are, those are all um, those are all really good. I think that was that was Hammer trying to branch out. Well, there was as, Hammer as, as, as well. nice as Christopher yeah. Lee trying to branch out, but yeah, yeah. I, think, I think you're right. And um, don't yeah. let's not forget um, Taste of Fear. Scream of Fear, if you're American. Yeah. Which was that, that it was again Hammer, but it was their um, uh, Hitchcockian thriller. Yes. Well, right. their, their first and best Hitchcockian yeah. thriller. So, so, yeah, there was a little bit of kind of experimentation there before he got back into uh, Dracula Prince of Darkness. Well, uh, he was very reluctant. Yeah. And um, became, well, increasingly disliked the Dracula films to, to the point where. Um, he did in the end quit um, completely and wasn't yeah. in Legends of the Seven Golden Vampires but um, he, he, he kind of he, he, I mean Dracula AD 1972 and Tony Rights of Dracula the contemporary ones yeah I just couldn't I just think he couldn't believe he was in such rubbish <laughs> Which, I mean they're, they're not actually they're, that they're, bad but not not the direction he wanted to go no but it's sort of interesting um that that sort of period of because uh, he's he's in that and to the devil the daughter which he probably liked because it was Dennis Wheatley. Oh well, um, I think he he liked the idea of because it was Dennis yeah. Wheatley. I I I think uh, it's a, I think he knows it's not a very good film. Yeah. I think he 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 said that Dennis Wheatley was very angry about the ending of that film. Right. Which uh, is actually. Yeah. I don't really remember it. So. <laughs> But then, but then after that, he he, I think he gets quite a few interesting roles. The biggest of which we have to mention is in the, the uh, second Roger Moore Bond film, where he plays the villain Scaramanga. It's not the second Roger Moore Bond film. It is. It's not. It's no. It's the. It's, it's, it's not Man with the Golden Guns. The Doesn't it go uh, live and let die and spy who loved me? No, spy loved me is the third. Roger Moore film. Oh, so it comes before the... Yeah. It's the second Roger Moore film. And it's quite odd in its structure, I always think. Because it's sort of, story-wise, kind of... It doesn't have the usual Bond film structure quite the same way. Yeah. I mean, it's one of the roles he's he's most well-known for. It's one of the Bond films I like the least. It's not one of my favourites, I have to say. Um, He's really good in it. Yes. And... and, and so is the little guy from Fantasy Island. Do you, yeah, of course. Forget of course, the Spy Love Me must be after it because that's got um, Jaws in, isn't it? Yeah, Spy yeah, Love yeah, Me yeah, is Jaws. Yeah. yeah. No, I love the Spy Love Me. The Spy Love Me is the, the best Roger Moore Bond film. But anyway, we're, we're sort of yeah, uh, digressing. And of but course, yeah. Chris, Christopher Lee. Chris, I mean, Lee was was renowned for <laughs> having these links to the films he was in, but he was a cousin. Or a step cousin oh, of yes, Ian Fleming, Fleming yeah. 
and, and, and uh, I think never really got over the fact he hadn't played Doctor No. So another of his famous <laughs> anecdotes was that Ian Fleming wanted him to be Doctor No. Yeah. But he eventually ended up as Scaramanga, and I think he liked that. He, yeah. repri- he reprised the role uh, of Scaramanga like 30 years later in one of those James Bond video games. Okay, did he? Yeah. He did the voice? Yes, yes. Um, okay. So, so he, he went he went back to it, which was quite interesting. Ah, that is quite interesting. Um, and, and yeah, and he did obviously... Um, this is probably where I was perhaps first aware of Christopher Lee, because this is the interesting question I wanted to ask, is when, when did you first become... What was your first awareness of Christopher Lee as an actor? What's well, the first be- thing you think you remember him in? It's before... It's definitely before the horror films. Yeah. I mean, the first horror film was Taste of the Blood of Yes. Because <laughs> that, was, that was when we got into the Hammer films. Yeah. That, I think, was the first VHS tape we ever got. Yeah, that's right. Because I'd watched Lust for Vampire, taped off the telly, and then watched Taste of the Blood of Dracula, like, the next night. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that was, yeah. yeah. Um, but the, it was probably the Musketeer films. Yeah. Three and the Four Musketeers. I think that's the same with me. Where he, he plays the evil uh, Count Rochefort, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah. Um, and those those films, they're pretty good. They're 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 yeah. good old swashbucklers. And I don't think, don't really think that the Musketeer stuff's been done as well as that again. I don't think it has. There's been lots of different adaptations. I don't think yeah, close. Yeah, they're they a big cast, and, and like you know, it was yeah. a big production. Yeah, Oliver Reed, another famous yeah. Hammer stalwart. Yeah. And, uh, Michael York. Of um, Austin Powers fame. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, but also Charlton Heston. Faye Dunaway. Yeah. Um, and, and, and many, many others. Yeah. That, that, that was really, that's why I, I think one of his big mainstream successes in kind of the post-horror uh, years. He moved to Hollywood, um, I think, off of the back of yeah, the Musketeer films more or less, and yeah. also because the British film industry had crashed. And he was in 1941 and oh. Return, Return to Witch Mountain and yeah. Yeah. Uh, something like Airport 77 yeah, or something. That. He also appeared in, um, just looking at this, he was in an episode of Diagnosis Murder. As oh, well. Was he? Yeah. Do Here's, here's, here's the thing. My, my sister absolutely loves Diagnosis Murder. She like she she properly loves um, what, Barry Van Dyke. Is that yeah. his name? Yeah. She's there's actually there's a there's a Barry Van Dyke fan page on Facebook, really? and my my sister is the administrator for it. Really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know which, whether that's which, good or bad. Which, which, um, which season of Diagnosis Murder? Well, I don't know. It was um, it doesn't really say. Oh, it's 1975. Hang on. Well, is that is that the TV series or is that 1975? No, hang on, that's not that can't be that. This must be a separate thing. <laughs> I'm going to look it up now. I've that must be a different excited. diagnosis murder then. Yeah, no, it is. It's not. Oh no! Oh, what a shame. That's not the same thing at all. No. Sorry, sorry, we've misled you. No. We've misled oh, you. Oh, if only he was actually in that. No, apparently this is a. Yeah. Something completely different. Well, he he was a notable guest star though in Space 1999 he was, and yeah. um, the Avengers, I think. Yeah, he was, I think he was in the Avengers. It was, uh, so yeah, he did did do some TV. 
very occasionally he didn't like doing television. No. And, and, um, I think he always made it a rule that he, he would do guest appearances from time to time, but he wouldn't take regular um, parts if, now, did if he, he could possibly help it. Did he ever appear on the Muppet it. Show? I'm not Most aware. Famous people. Not aware of any show. such appearance. Maybe, maybe <laughs> took himself a little bit yeah. too seriously for that. Yeah, Return from Witch Mountain. I probably watched that at some point as well. Yeah, it all starts to get, at this point, it all starts to get a little bit... Um, His career was definitely yeah, in, in, in the dive. He was in Charlie's Angels, there we go. Oh, well, that's... <laughs> no, that was a TV series. If you, you, I mean, his work in the 80s, it does make... The, the yeah, 80s were the dark, 80s are, Yeah, there's nothing. Oh, apparently... <laughs> Apparently he was in, in 1982, he was in Charles and Diana, A Royal Love Story, where he played Prince Philip. Yeah, I didn't I didn't know that, but I haven't seen it. Oh, I'm never yeah. going to see it. Oh, House of Long Shadows. Oh, I like That's that. It's quite good. House of Long Shadows is very underrated, yeah. in my view. Again, uh, we're, we're lining up future episodes here, but um, <laughs> that's a Cushing Lee and Price extravaganza. Yeah. Um, and people say it's rubbish, but they're they're just wrong. No, no, that's 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 quite good from what I remember. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It, it is good. It just came. It's just this is not of its time. No. I mean, in in 1983, um, it was too soon after the golden age of horror, and and people weren't interested in that. Yeah. I think people were going down the hideous cul-de-sac, which was the Freddy and Jason films. Yeah. <laughs> And then this is the other thing he he spoke about. Well, the two things he spoke about on the uh, on the, the the many faces of Christopher Lee, which was the return of Captain Invincible. Oh yeah, yeah which is which I think I saw. Yeah, I've seen that school. musical superhero. Yeah, not seen that for a long time though. So it might be worth checking out again. I I think it must be. And um, he was talking about the far pavilions as well. I'm not seeing through that. That's no. quite long. Yeah, it's a mini series. And he right, blacks he up a, again in that. Well, he plays a, an Indian um, prince, prince or yeah. something. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, probably best not to go there. I agree with you. Uh, and then, of course, he was in the greatest horror movie of all time, um, The Howling Two. <laughs> yeah, The Howling Two. <laughs> yeah, yeah. With that that other superbly classical actress, Sybil Denning. She's in that, isn't she? I, I think you may be right. Yeah, yeah. I mean. The Howling, the first one... is great, but it doesn't have him in. No, it does have Patrick McNee. It does have Patrick McNee. That's, that's yeah. another Patrick McNee, Patrick yeah. McNee who died today, the day yeah. we're recording. And, uh, yeah. So so he, he's uppermost in our thoughts, because we love Patrick McNee yeah. as well. But then, yeah, so so it's, it's kind of real slim pickings during the 80s. But well, the, he was in... Um, he was in... And I quite like this film. The, the, the other Musketeer film we've forgotten about. The Return of the Musketeers. Uh, yeah, that's tainted, though, because it's the film Roy Kinnear died on. Well, yeah, that's true. Um, but that, that, was, that's, that wasn't that was a bad little film. It's not really that bad, but there's, I don't think it ever explains why Christopher Lee's character is no, alive again. Killed, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but we're, we're, yeah, like we're that, right. We're pleased yeah. to see him. Uh, and, and that that has um, things do. I mean, Gremlins two's around. About. Yeah, that's nineteen ninety. So he's he's quite quite fun in that in his little role. Well, um, and that, that's um, Joe Dante, yeah. who had a a love of um, 
the obvious love of the um, the golden age of horror films. So obviously cast Christopher Lee, but yeah. also made that film Matinee um, about yes. William Castle, yeah. which is really really good. Yeah. I like that. Um, and, and maybe prefigures Christopher Lee's association with Tim Burton. So th- th- this kind of leads after this sort of the doldrums, and I could keep mentioning various things. Um, but, but, oh, he was in the Tomorrow People. He was the the, 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 the horrible nineties remake. Christian Smith from Neighbours. Yeah. Oh dear. Um. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so there's all these various things, including Police Academy, Mission to Moscow, and all this sort of stuff. Oh, before we before we get to the resurgence, okay, right. um, I just want to say that, and this is the obligatory Doctor Who reference for yeah. um, connoisseurs of our podcast will have been waiting for this. Christopher Lee reportedly hated Doctor Who. Yeah, uh, he? He, yeah, he, uh, he was offered um, several. Well, I understand he, he was repeatedly offered. Um, parts on it. The only one I know definitively was that he was offered the part of Razalon by Big Finish. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, but um, I also know that he never liked it because he thought it would be the, the, um, the, the look naff. He didn't think he didn't like the special effects. I guess he didn't want to be drawn into science fiction as he had been yeah. drawn into horror. But yeah, yeah. he never went. That space nineteen ninety nine was right. I think the money was a lot better for Space 1999. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so yeah, I guess at the time when he was, um, his career was a really quite um, not going too well. Doctor Who wasn't on necessarily, like in the not, I mean, the nineties anyway. No, that's that's right. Although it, it um, obviously came back ten years ago, and he's still not been in it. No. And never will. Never will be. No, because he, because he was ne- he was never going to be in it. He didn't like it. It's no, a no, no, no. of his. Whereas his great friend Peter Cushing is a former Doctor Who. Yeah. So yeah. I thought that's a bit of a difference. <laughs> anyway. Um, yeah. Sleepy so, Hollow. So yes. Yeah, so basically, what happens is um, he does also play Death in the the Discworld animated films. As well. That was rubbish, though. Yeah. So um, yeah. He, he, so. What what basically happens, and this happens a, a lot in sort of Hollywood, you get um, people rise up within, and this happens in TV as well, uh, and and films. You get people that rise up that grew up on a lot of the older films that they 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 watched when they in their childhood and really liked, and then they become uh, in positions of power or authority within the film TV industry. So then. Uh, what they look back at all the various actors and films that they liked and think, oh, why don't we get that person back again? And this, I think, was a turning point because Tim Burton, who's a massive old horror fan and had an association with Vincent Price, um, decided to make Sleepy Hollow. And he cast- Vincent Price was... Dead, dead by, by this point, by so you couldn't use Vincent Price. So he cast the so next cast, best thing, yeah. which was Christopher Lee. It's quite a small part. Of yeah, like he's the, the burger judge. master. Isn't yeah, he's burger master. Yeah, like yeah. A, I like a judge, and um, yeah, it 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 just made people aware that Christopher Lee was still alive, and um, a, a New Zealand director called Peter Jackson, who had had some success with yeah. um, horror films, um, was embarking upon a 
ridiculously ambitious project, Lord of the Rings, and uh, Christopher Lee was a um, massive, massive fan of Lord of the Rings. Yeah. And um, back in the game, as far as the studios were concerned, and became yeah. cast as um, Saruman. Yeah. Um, the uh, antagonist, the early antagonist, certainly in the uh, um, the first two films. Yeah. He was rather uh, Lee was rather famously cut out of Return of the King, which is something the event I, I like to refer to as the betrayal. Because <laughs> <laughs> not only would do Christopher Lee shoot films, uh, shoot scenes for Return of the King. But he flew back over to New Zealand to do reshoots. Yeah. But and 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 uh, Jackson still cut it. It is in the special edition. The, 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 the reshoots are in yeah. the special edition. Yeah. Um, it's because Jackson had trouble with the um, with, with the, uh, the, the the last bit with Saruman's defeat, and he was never yeah. going to film the scouring as a shire. So, yeah. so, but that's all right because you know Lee, Lee's great in. Um, Fellowship, which is one of the best films yeah. I've ever seen, Fellowship of the Ring, and he's yeah. also great in the, the Two Towers. And um, he, well, here you go. I'd like to read because um, this—I mean, we're talking about—it um, got ridiculous actually, because um, because Christopher Lee is actually the <laughs> the biggest film star in the world one year of this resurgence because he was in yeah. like a Lord of the Rings film, a Star Wars film. Yeah. And Tiny Chocolate Factory, which is a massive hit for Tim Burton, and that made him box up. Yeah, no, oh, seen it, so. he plays Willy Wonka's dad. Oh, okay, um, <laughs> as you might expect. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, so that year, he was the biggest by, yeah. by by money. He was the box office's biggest star. I mean, he was into his eighties yeah. by then, so he couldn't really cash in on it. But he was. No. Um, but uh, George Lucas wrote the forward to this uh, authorized screen okay. history, and. Um, he says, I next came face to face, so to speak, with Christopher Lee when I was working on Star Wars A New Hope in London. My office was situated in the same building as the Hammer Film headquarters. Okay. Interesting, I didn't realise no, that. That would be um, presumably Hammer House yeah. um, in uh, Soho. Um, the walls of the studio were lined with photos of Britain's most distinguished actors, amongst them Peter Cushing and Christopher Lee. Looking up at those photos every day inspired me to cast Peter Cushing as Grand Moff Tarkin, the dreaded servant to Emperor Palpatine. Working with Peter was such a joy, I vowed to continue using British actors who were seasoned in the art of playing larger-than-life characters and villains. Twenty-five years later, I still hold these actors in the same esteem. When it was time to cast the role of Count Dooku in Star Wars Episode Two, my casting director suggested Christopher Lee... I jumped at the opportunity to work with him. Long, long winded. Basically, George Lucas saying, "I love Chris yeah, Lee. I love Peter Cushing slightly more." So, well, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> but it's interesting that wasn't a love. That wasn't so much a love of those old horror films no. like Burton and Joe Dante. That was just yeah. a like, who's like cast that guy in the photo? He looks <laughs> <Yeah>. right. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that worked out. I'll have another one like that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> But, but yeah, that's, that's just George Lucas's way of doing yeah. things. I think. No, let let let's be honest. Attack of the Clones sucks. Yeah. I mean, I love Star Wars as much as the next man, but Attack of the Clones is a trial. Yeah. The only good thing about it is Christopher Lee is Count Dooku. Yeah. He's extraordinary, and that big 
iconic fight scene with Yoda at the end. That's Christopher Lee oh, I, I taking on him. That Christopher Lee versus a Muppet. There you go. He did do an episode of the Muppet <laughs> Show. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of stupid. Um, it doesn't really work in the context of Star Wars at all, and they're like side of the battle. Uh, but as a yeah, but yeah. It, it's quite famous. And, yeah, and I you mean, know, it's a big iconic good. moment. It's Christopher Lee, so you know. Well, benefit of the doubt, sort of. Not really. Don't watch Attack of the Clones, but you know, yeah. Christopher Lee's good in it. Um, and Charlie and Chocolate Factory is actually a good film. I do actually like that. Okay. And the character of Willy Wonka's dad is totally made up um, yeah. Yeah. for the film. It's not in the doll book, no. but um, does really work because, uh, and it's obviously, um, Tim Burton had the kind of obsession with Price Lee and Cushing and 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 and. Uh, having Christopher Lee as Johnny Depp's dad, i.e. his own dad. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. kind of obvious. Yeah, yeah. It's good. Um, and, you know, so for, for a, a few years there, in, in his in his, in his t- twilight years, some might say, yeah. um, he, he, he was big again. And was in Dark Shadows as well. Um, Dark Shadows is... It's the Tim Burton. No, no, I know. I've seen, I've seen it. He, yeah. He's... Um, uh, it's quite a small role as like a fisherman, <laughs> um, but Dark Shadows is actually underrated. I think it's actually really rather good. Yeah. And um, uh, I, I read I read about it that um, one of the two big visual influences on on it were was Dracula AD nineteen seventy two because it's set in the early seventies. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a I, I liked it. A lot of people didn't, but I liked it. Sadly, that one's American, but Sleepy Horror. Hollow is a British, is British. It's got a massive cast of British actors yeah. in it. It's, um, so it's in scope for okay. our... Cool, because I quite like that film. Yeah. And, um, and Lee made some other films with Tim Burton. He's got a very small voice part um, as the Jabberwocky in Alice in Wonderland, which is another massive, massive hit. Um, and um, he's also in Corpse Bride. Yeah. He's a priest in Corpse Bride. Um, he... Uh, was in the film of the Golden Compass. Yeah. He was always a bit confused about that because he didn't really know what his character was doing, and he was told, you know, we'll expand it in the sequel, and there never yeah, was yeah, a sequel. Yeah. But you know, a big, that was potentially a big franchise. But he also appeared in um, in uh, in um, the Hobbit as well. Well, that, now now you've really reached reached the end. That was just quite close. But the but I love what I loved about that was there's the bit where he is because obviously that, that has has um, Radagast the Brown is played by Sylvester McCoy, and there's a great bit where where Saruman is is uh, basically saying that Radagast is just a mushroom addicted adult. Hippie. Yeah. So what I love about that is it's Dracula basically calling Doctor Who a drug adult hippie, which is great. Not exactly those, those exact words. This is the first Hobbit film. Yeah. Um, he looks very old in that. Basically. And and it was filmed. That wasn't filmed in New Zealand, was it? Well, that scene was filmed in New Zealand, but right. but Christopher Lee's bit was uh, filmed in London. Yeah. Uh, cause he wasn't up to making no. the journey back to New Zealand. Um, so. Um, he was CGI'd in. And they say, oh, you can never tell, but really? if you know, you can, yeah. it's obvious. It's a nice scene, Ian yeah. McKellen and, uh, you know, those, the other guys. I yeah. like, but um, I, like, I really like the, uh, 
I even really like The Hobbit. I really love Lord of the Rings. I even yeah, like The Hobbit. No. And it's, it's nice to see him again. And um, uh, he, he does have a... a, a he reappears in the last one, The Battle of the Five Armies. Yeah, okay. Um, and he, um, he has that fantastic line, Leave Sauron to me. Which is... Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> which... <laughs> Which was in, which was in the, one of the trailers, and it's great. And um, as as a cinematic swan song, I think um, it couldn't really be better. Especially he was over ninety by that time. Yeah. No, there's a couple of bit, a couple of other sort of sidebar things that I quite like that he did recently as well. Um, I mean, back in the nineties, he he was in the TV version of Gormenghast, which has had its faults, but was was quite interesting. It had its its main fault was it was totally unwatchable. <laughs> was it? Uh, but, yeah. but yeah, he was cool. he was one of the main characters in that. Play. Yeah. But the the other thing which he did very very recently was um, there was a a radio radio four adaptation of Neil Gaiman's Neverwhere, in yes. which he played the um, oh, what's his name. Was he the Abbot of the Blackfriars or something? No, he was. He was. Um, oh, his name's totally gone. The 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 Duke that's on the the train. Oh, Earl's that's the Earl's, Earl's, Earl's Court. Court yeah, yeah, he's the Earl in Earl's Court. Yeah. So. Oh, okay, yeah, that makes sense. And he he's great in that, and he he does it all dodgy. Isn't, isn't that Freddie Jones in the TV version? It's Freddie Jones in the TV version. Oh, yeah, that's nice. <laughs> so so yeah, so he does um he does that really really well, and it's really doddery, but still has that air of authority about him and again that was one of the sort of later things he did I which mean, is well worth seeking out if you uh, he, he yeah he, he never wanted to retire and he, he never did retire no and he um he, he died on june the 7th i, yeah. I, I believe um age 93 and um i tweeted at the time and i i stand by this that um there is now a vacancy for the greatest person alive. Yeah. And uh, no one, no one's filled it yet. I've made an attempt, but I don't think, <laughs> to be honest, I'm going to get there. So. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, and that's, and, and that's it. Yeah. Uh, um, just to add, we did post a little while back actually that on YouTube, on YouTube, hopefully it's still there. There was a. a, a Someone uploaded a video of um, his episode of This Is Your Life, which is uh, quite interesting to watch. Yeah, from the 70s. Yeah. The early 70s, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, and, yeah, I, don't, I think that's... Did um, did, did we have a, an email to read out? Oh, we do. Um yeah, we did ask for see if anyone wanted to give any their stories or tributes. Um, we did get one, um, but that's <laughs> possibly because I, I'm starting to worry. We only have one listener. <laughs> <laughs> um, Yes, regular listeners to this podcast will already know the identity <laughs> of the will. person who emailed us. <laughs> so, give me a second while I just retrieve the email. Sure. 
This is dead space. We should it probably is. edit this out. Yeah, we won't know. Right. So it, it, it's it's from from Eddie. Hi, Eddie. As, and he, he he sent an email titled "Tribute to Sir Lee." Um. <laughs> his fans always called him Mr. Lee out of deference, I think, to his um, aristocratic bearing. He he became. So Christopher Lee, late in life, yeah. I think 2009, he was finally knighted. Yeah. It was nice, nice that he was finally honoured um, at the same standard as theatrical knights. And then, of course, he became Sir Christopher. Yeah. So, what he says is, it's an impossible task to try and summarise the impact of Lee's acting and the movies in a few short sentences. Younger audiences will look at his work with Lucas, Burton and Jackson, but what sticks out in my mind the most is his work with the Hammer Studios. Strangely, the one that stands out for me is his mute performance in Dracula, Prince of Darkness. His movement, his eyes and his menace are something to behold. He and Peter Cushing may now continue their perfect partnership. R.I.P. Sally. You're, you're right, Eddie. Dracula, Prince of Darkness is a fantastic performance. Fantastic film. It is, yeah. Um, and so, on that note, I've been Chris Denton. And I'm Paul Monk. Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs>